Welcome to How to Decorate from Ballard Designs, a podcast all about the trials and triumphs of decorating and redecorating your home. Each week, we'll help you unleash your inner decorator. I'm Caroline, and I'm on the marketing team. And I'm Taryn, and I'm a product designer. And I'm Liz. I head up the Ballard creative team. We're your host. Join the expert team at Ballard Designs for tips, tricks, and tales from interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world. Plus, we'll answer a listener question at the end of each show. So don't forget to send them to podcast at ballarddesigns.net. Yes, we love answering them. Now on with the show. Okay, so we got such great feedback from our episode a few weeks ago with landscape architect Brantley Snipes that we decided to answer a few more questions about outdoor design today. So if you did not listen to episode 248 with Brantley, go back and listen to that and then come back. Last time we mostly spoke about plants, planting, plant installation, all those sort of nice soft sort of soft goods, I guess, of the plant of your outdoor world. But we ne- we did not get a chance to cover hardscape, which is very important and really kind of the bulk of what a landscape architect does is it's true. That, right, Brantley. And um, yes. And we also didn't talk about pools, which we really wanted to talk about. So we're back today. We have Brantley Snipes here. She's a Mississippi based landscape architect. And uh, welcome to the show. Back to the show. Great. Yeah. Thank you for having me back. That's what I feel like most landscape architects really do do more of the hardscape. I'm kind of the, the weird one that's the plant geek among us. So I'm glad we get to talk about both because both are yes. equally important. Let's get into hardscapes and then we'll do pools. You know, I feel like there are a lot of options. Some people are probably very familiar with, like, let's say concrete, but there are lots of things that you might use to build a patio um, or sort of a, you know, wall, even re- like retention wall. walls or mm-hmm. retention walls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, I, I don't know where to start. I mean, how does one even decide when to build a structure like that? A lot of times when we first meet with clients, if we're doing new construction or someone calls and says, Hey, I want a patio. My first question is going to be, well, what are you going to do on your patio? You know, are you cooking on your patio? Are you sitting on your patio? Are you lounging on your patio? Are you entertaining on your patio? Is the patio going to connect you to a future pool? Or is it going to be kind of your continuation of your home out into your landscape? Do you have a great porch that you live on and you really just need kind of an intermediary space between the porch and your landscape? You know, so that's always my first question. And I do this with clients on like our little intake form is what are you going to do in the space? Because that's going to determine how much space you need, where the space is going to go. And you really start there before you really kind of drill down into what type of material that you want to use. So, you know, patios and hardscape areas do not need to be very large. They actually, you really want to utilize as little space as possible because that maintains that intimacy of conversation and comfortable with people hanging out on the backyard or front yard spaces. You can get too big too quickly. And so you really just want to make sure, and you treat it like laying a house out is the same way you're going to lay out a hardscape. You know, I'm going to park my car's, here for the driveway and then I'm going to sit outside here and then I want to cook here and so you really start to look at your hardscape areas as rooms they don't have walls but as rooms with divisions of space kind of like that based on function of what you want to do and then you kind of go from there into materials and stuff like that 
So I guess that sort of makes sense because if you don't have a wall, then you really need a smaller amount of space than you might inside. So I like the idea exactly. of like keeping a patio pretty small because yeah, you don't, right. you're not going to like bang into any walls. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. So you mean, you've got, yeah, petite. it's not, you, you've got it. You, you don't have that, that physical barrier as you do inside. So you want to maintain it of, you know, comfortable sitting spaces and comfortable conversation spaces and still have enough. If you're looking into chase lounges and stuff like that, you kind of start to grow it because, you know, if you want to lay out space, you've got to have the furniture to accompany that. And then you kind of start to stretch it out from there. So we'll even go through and pick out furniture and lay the furniture out before we come in and finalize the actual hardscape Mm -hmm. area like that. And so that's my recommendation. And I'm doing this with two clients right now and they're great, but they let their contractors just pour the pool decking and pour the driveway and sidewalk. And on one hand, we're stuck with way too much concrete that was not necessary. And the other hand, we're stuck with, it's actually a quite hard little design thing we're figuring out is where the driveway and the sidewalk come together because they just, they poured it and all of a sudden they realized that the driveway and the sidewalk didn't come together and they stopped. And so I came in and I'm having to try to figure out how to attach. And it's like a detached garage. This is awesome historic home that we're working on. They've been remodeling Uh. it and it's, it's a detached garage and there's two sidewalks coming together with the driveway and we're trying to figure out how to tie it all together. And if we could have just sat down two weeks prior to them pouring concrete and really figured out the relationship of space, the movement through the space and circulation and how you were going to get from your car, because that's hardscape too. It's not just patios and driveways. It's connecting these features to each other and connecting them to their house. And that's a huge part of what we do as landscape architects is connecting all the pieces like that. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do a lot of with hardscape. I guess that's what you mean by you can go too big too quickly. Yeah, exactly. Right. So that's what I was like. And, you know, the the pool hardscape, we were like, I was like, oh, they're like, it's too much space. I was like, no, it's not. The whole time I was like, oh, my God, we need a concrete saw out here immediately. Mm-hmm. But they had just poured it. So we're not going to suggest that. <laughs> it will be lovely. We're going to. We're going to put a pergola over it. We're going to cover some of it and create a little kitchen space with it. We'll utilize it. I was going to ask. Yeah. What do you do? But you've already yes. <laughs> so, been scheming. Yeah, real creative. Um, that's the creative problem solving that we do as landscape <laughs> architects yeah. to try to figure it out. But, you know, it, it just it's it's like we talked about kind of last time. It's just really think through the space. And the other funny thing that we joke about in Mississippi, it's like, for some reason in the 60s or 70s, I think there was an abundance of concrete brick in the Mississippi Delta. <laughs> if we could show up at houses and there's just brick sidewalk and concrete sidewalk and curbs and just things connecting all over the place. So we're really doing a lot of subtracting hardscape material right now from older homes mm-hmm. that we're restoring their landscapes on because it's like there was just a free for all with brick and concrete back in the day. So that's another issue. Oh my gosh, it's so hot. And it's all that exposed aggregate. Remember when you were kids, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and it was the big thing in like the seventies and eighties and you would tear your toes up on this exposed aggregate. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is horrible. Let's fix this. (laughs) So 
Okay, so that's really great to hear because I someone gifted me a 1970s Time Life book all about landscaping when I bought my house. And honestly, okay. it is yeah. all concrete and brick. I'm like, what are you, what are you people doing? <laughs> it's insane. I just, you know, you go and you're like, wow, we are about to drop $10,000 of just removing concrete out of here. But there's no other way. I mean, we just pulled up. I think it was a hexagon. I, I was trying to count all the edges. It was like they came in and took a brick hexagon patio, sat it down on top of two other concrete pieces. Just there was no hexagon, anything else in the landscape. And I was like, it's got to go. And the client was like, I think we should put a hot tub there. And I said, no, I'm going to veto you. We're taking this out. And we're putting all our angles back. We're cleaning all of this up. We're not going to set a hot tub down on your, I, I think they were kidding. Uh, but now they have a nice clean turf area that's connected to the perpendicular square concrete, still exposed aggregate. We couldn't do anything about that. We did kind of modernize it that way. <laughs> Since we're on the topic of concrete now, okay, is concrete a great, like, what are some challenges with concrete outside of having too much? Sure, I don't know. Right. My husband tells me that if you want a perfect surface, you should never choose concrete because that's true. It it's always crack. cracks. It does. So I, I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah. Like, talk to people about concrete and like. Yeah, I know nothing about concrete. Yeah, let's start there. <laughs> concrete is a is a mix of aggregate and water and sand. Um, mm -hmm. So we'll start there, what it's made out of. They've made, you know, it's funny on hardscape material. It's like they've made a lot of like cool improvements and modernization and like pavers. And we can get into all of that. But, you know, concrete has stayed pretty consistent over the course of time and so you've got just your basic broom finished concrete which is just clean pour which is what you see most of the time and they come across and just kind of sweep the finish and so what that mm -hmm. does is it gives it a little bit of tread and it's not super slick so that you're slipping off that's your just basic concrete that you see all the time you've got stained concrete and there's two different ways to stain concrete we do a um an integral stain and that's where they put the stain in while they're mixing the concrete and so the color binds to it while it's wet it's like putting food color in cake do you do it in the big truck you do you mix this little powder in in the big truck and you can change it i mean there's 20 or 30 different you could do green concrete if you wanted are to. they able to tell you literally literally like hey i got x amount in there you know how much dye yep. to put in you and put they'll let you in. just <gasps> Yep. So we do that on smaller ones. We do a lot. We don't, I've, I've never done green concrete. No, no judgment. If you would like to do green, that's a, <laughs> it's a conversation for another day. But a lot of times what we'll do, especially dealing with like historic homes is we'll do more of a slate gray stain in there with it and really kind of tone down that bright white that fresh concrete looks like when it comes out of the truck and it kind of effervesces and hardens and it lightens up a lot. And so a lot of times we'll use that integral mix to kind of tone down that brightness like that. Mm, that's one way to do it. Another way to do it, you can come in and you, you color it once it is, you stain it once it is set up and hardened and you brush that on. And there's several different ways to do that. You can roll it, you can spray it. It's like painting or staining a deck like that with your concrete surface i don't recommend that because that is something that's going to take redoing after a few years of wear and tear 
it's not really binding to those particles like the integral mix is. One of the negatives with the integral mix is that if something happens and you have to come in and break it up, it's going to be hard to match that color exactly right again if you have to patch or change anything down the road. So that's why I recommend doing it in a smaller area. You can score concrete, and we do this with patterns where we come in and you're basically cutting lines and patterns into it. And so you can kind of create the look of tile or the look of stone or the look of, you know, you can kind of cut it. You can stamp it. I feel like... um <laughs> I feel like Bubba Gump Shrimp Company. Yeah, right I was going to say. All the treatments of concrete. I mean, uh, we don't need to get into everything, but like, when is it a good. Right. Um, I'm so impressed. Like, I'm already like, right, I didn't. spend an hour just talking about different concrete finishes, but there's a lot you can do to it. It's a very versatile product, and you can. I did not it. You know don't that. have to settle for just broom finished concrete if you're doing I, concrete. Okay. So, yeah, I thought that was it. <laughs> I so was it. when yeah. do you feel nope. like it's a good application for a residence? I mean, I feel like, you know, co- uh, commercial, duh, it's sort of like yeah, your go-to. But what? So I look at it in terms of I try not to get more than three materials or textures going on a project. So if your house is brick, you don't necessarily want to do brick for a porch or a patio and a lot of times Mm. stone isn't the best option you know so that's when you would go to concrete because it's a very classic kind of neutral fix to a hardscape pool decks honestly it works really well for pool decks just broom finish nice texture it's good on your feet you can treat it with a cooling agent now so you don't have to burn your feet there's a whole side to that that you can do um oh yeah you can paint it with God, I can't think of the name of it right now. You, so your toes aren't burning. Um, that's genius. You know, I, I you thought you had to burn no, your feet. That's no, no, <laughs> not anymore. Not anymore. They have made some. They have made some application improvements over time. Um, quick cool. I think that's the name. Of it. Anyways, that's beside the point. That just makes me wonder if they've done a jellies test. Like, have they? Have somebody put out a pair of jelly shoes and have they melted? <laughs> Well, now I feel like, well, now we feel like, I think I should try that. I thought I've got got a pool deck. I'll try that on. I'll report that back to you. (laughs) Thank you. You just, you don't want it. It's just, it's good around the pool because it's just not slick. Stone and brick, Mm -hmm. you know, those get real slick with with water and they get hot. And so that's a good option. It is, you know, it is more of a budget friendly option too. If you are trying to Mm -hmm. work within a certain budget, it's, I mean, everything's expensive right now, but it is more of a budget-friendly option for applications on that. So, Okay. Well, and that's a good point about, you know, your house material and then sort Mm -hmm. of going from there and picking based on that. I feel like that seemed like it would be a no-brainer, but then I also probably wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah. Especially, Mm -hmm. yeah, too, if, you know, if you've already got brick, there's no way you'd be able to match the brick and... Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, okay, so then let's talk about some other options. There's brick, yeah. like, you know. What's our other surfaces? What can we work with? So you've got brick, and there's lots of different options for brick. Brick works well. You do want to think about drainage and, like, sunshine, because brick has the tendency to get very mossy and slick, slippery as well. And so, you know, so much of what we try to do is low maintenance, and I'm trying to have a, keep clients from having to pressure wash and, take care of things like that 
we've done a lot with bluestone, the natural product that they're cutting. You see that a lot, so that bluish gray stone. There's the really light blue, and then there's more of a darker blue color on that. It's beautiful. It's very popular right now. There's the fire rock pavers that we've used, and these are um, got one behind me, but it's a. It looks like it's kind of got like a little indention in it, little spots, kind of little crevices in it. Kind of a cool. It's a cool, more modern texture. There are permeable pavers that you can get into. If we're having to watch for stormwater and sustainability and stuff like that, that you can let the water come through it. There's a bunch of different towel and paving options. There's a bunch of different companies on the market like that. But the Fire Rock and the Bluestone are two that we use pretty regularly that seem to be kind of the hot option right now. Are there certain ones that go better with certain outdoor house materials? Like, are you always putting bluestone with one type or another of house or no? Depends on climate. Not necessarily. We do a lot of bluestone if we're doing, and, and this isn't any other reason, just but that it looks good. We'll do bluestone with like a lighter painted brick color. It's very pretty. It's also pretty with just a red classic brick. Bluestone's fun because it's, it's, it can be very modern, but then it can also be used to kind of update more of a historic space because you're bringing the slate bluish color in with a modern application and kind of mm-hmm. elevating, mm-hmm. you know, more of a historic look like that. Oh, we didn't even, I didn't even hit on flagstone. There's, there's flagstone. flagstone. You can use. I totally forgot about flagstone. What does flagstone look like? What are we doing with that? Flagstone. That looks like the rock. I mean, that's just like your big old rocks that are mm-hmm. the real natural colors that they're pulling out of. So is that like your khaki? Like an irregular shape, Taryn. Think of like... Yeah, but is it like a khaki color? Because the... I don't know. Yeah. gray. It's khaki. I mean, it's it's more of your... It's going to be... Warm or cold. We're doing more of a brown khaki beige color like that. So you've got your blue stones that are more in your blues and your grays. You've got your concrete that can kind of be a little bit of everything. Flagstones are more of the natural browns. I love that you use the term khaki because that's very much what it is and then you know it's a sexy word kind of like that so those are kind of your different kind of color palettes that we can work with Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh no i was trying to figure out because i was looking up your fire pavers and they look like they were of a warmer tone too so then i was wondering when flagstone Mm -hmm. when you would use one or the other but i guess Mm -hmm. is flagstone just more organic shaped where like the, okay. Yes, it's more organic and you have less control of the shape of it. And so if you if we're doing hunting camps or lake houses or if there's an existing, we're doing a, a project right now and there's an existing, we did hit on retaining walls and there's an existing stacked flagstone retaining wall. And so some of the hardscape paths that we are doing will be a flagstone to be kind of reflective of the retaining wall so that it kind of ties together and we've got one comprehensive look like that. But it's more of a natural, more of that natural look, less formal. You're going to do your your bluestone and your fire rock and your brick for more formal and you'll lean more towards the flagstone for a more natural look, depending on your aesthetic. Perfect. Okay, yeah. I want to ask some questions about installation because I feel like, with an irregular shaped rock like that, 
wouldn't it be really important to have a really good installer so that it doesn't look, it almost seems like it would be like very artistic in order to figure out which rocks fit together in which ways and crafting the shape. I don't know. That just seems like you've seen, everybody's yep. probably seen really good um, and stone you and to, probably really bad. Yes. And what, what we can do, which is good. I mean, there's, there's tools for everything, but a lot of times what we'll do is get the flagstone laid out and then we can come in and cut it and create kind of the straight edges like we need to like that. So mm -hmm. that's an option. But the, the blue stone goes in, it has a pattern to it too. And if the, I've watched a contractor that didn't know what he was doing and it took him two extra weeks to try to figure out the pattern of everything. And other ones I've watched that come in and knew exactly how to pattern the different sizes like that. So yeah, you, you do. And so much of hardscape, the prep work goes into what you don't see, which is all the, the components underneath hardscape so you have to compact everything and really prepare that sub base to keep it from from cracking and shifting and you got to take roots into consideration and you've got to take foundations into consideration and all that so uh, a, a very well-versed contractor is going to know all of this but you can be into a lot of money and go mm -hmm. south really quickly if they don't i feel like the sort of diy home improvement world has given us the impression that we can build a patio on our own like in a weekend do we feel what do you think about that Brantley is that a good idea bad idea what what do you think I think I mean it's a horrible idea uh, I think if you haven't ever done it before you shouldn't do it <laughs> I'm not trying to Again, I'm not trying to, you know, there's just, there's just certain things that you pay for. And I think we talked about this last time is when mm -hmm. you're getting your beds established, pay for it to be done right so you can enjoy it. Um, so much of hardscape comes down to within an inch of slope to make sure it's going to drain. And if you don't have that thing draining appropriately and you run it back to your house or you run it into a low spot and you don't get it perfectly even you've just got a big, heavy mess on your hands. If you do do it yourself, have somebody there that's done it before and has some familiarity with it and that they can kind of help and guide you. I just, I would not, personally, I would not take it on. And I just, I know how quickly it can go wrong. Even with those sort of like, I mean, I'm sure everyone's been to like, the garden center and seen like those big pavers, like even just hex pavers. Like, I don't know. I feel like all sorts of people just like they put it in the ground. I don't know if this is mm -hmm. to me in our old house. I'm pretty sure someone rebuilt, built a hex paver using those things. And it was like, you know, you were guaranteed to twist an ankle, but I don't know. When, when is there ever a time where those things are appropriate? If you're doing a small pathway, and you just need to connect your side gate over to a playset or something like that. And you can do it without equipment and you can get it to the dirt with a flat tip shovel and a level. And look, there's people out there that can tackle it. I'm, I'm not like, if you're doing a substantial patio with any of the materials we talked about, I would, recommend having hiring a professional for that if you have a little small spot or 
even if you want to go out a little bit and do like a little fire pit hardscape area and you've got a flat surface and you don't have any roots and you're not near any plumbing and if it doesn't drain perfectly, it's going to be fine. You know, we've all got these spots in our yard. Then totally do it yourself. And you just, you come okay, in. Okay, rootless, and, flat <laughs> you know that perfect spot? You, you guys are talking about my yard now. Right. You, a perfect little spot. <laughs> okay, no, but you guys... You guys, seriously, I did do this during the pandemic. <laughs> this was a pandemic project for me. And I took like 20 trips to the big box store and got pavers and built a little patio out back. And, and? in hindsight, in hindsight, I would have leveled out the land. And you know, <laughs> I mean, it was a pretty level spot. How anyway. many ankles were broken? Uh, not yet shush <laughs> but again it's just a small it's just a small spot it's just a small spot and right. I okay good for you Liz what, all right see there you what go I recommend it, you know yeah uh, maybe maybe Send not we had a we had <laughs> about a great. three three foot spot that always got muddy where from the our porch to where like the grass started and it just it was a spot the dog always messed up and we put down just a few pieces of slate like I don't actually don't know if it was slate don't I don't know it could be any stone stone and uh you put some stone down it was a flat stone yep some natural stone and anyway David tried to level it point being though it worked great for the most part but yes Mm -hmm. it was literally three feet but uh, yeah had we had a little small yep we were connecting a dirty spot. So yes, to your point, it was mm-hmm. what we needed, but we are currently mm-hmm. doing a whole hardscape around the pool and there is no way, no way I would allow me or my husband to do it. <laughs> Someone I, would I mean, it, it just, it baffles me how much like goes into it and the leveling and the lasering and the, you know, just. Well, the, it also the is sheer... financially huge. Like mm-hmm. oh, everything huge. you just said, but. Yeah, mm-hmm. that stone is not cheap. So for you to just be lollygagging back there, tossing stones out. I'm I'm at the age of trying to work harder, not smarter. And the fact of like, yeah, like, which Liz did. Wait, reverse she, wait, that. Work smarter, yeah, wait, not wait, harder. Wait, wait, I thought it was smarter, <laughs> not harder. I uh, smarter, not harder. That's what I meant <laughs> no, to say. No, no. she. she <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Brantley's just working harder. harder. I'm just. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We're not, we're not, we're working smarter, not harder. Sorry, that's what it, that's what it was supposed to be. So I'm not going to go to a big mm-hmm. box store and load up my car because I've been there, done that, and that was awful, and I don't ever intend to do it again. But you know, more power to you. But just again, yeah, Liz again, didn't it do was the a pandemic the, project. Yeah, you didn't yeah, do right. the bread you starter. You did the. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was yours. So I've got a question. When do you when do you choose like? loose stone like whether it's like a slate yep. or or oh, a small gravel. pebbly thing oh it okay. is okay yeah good point so that's another um when you're let's say you're dealing with stone whatever stone it is you could also do this with brick sometimes what we'll do is it's it's a flex pavement op- option and that's where we come in and you do a sand base and you compact everything really well and you come in with sand and you pack the sand down and then you set your stone or your brick on top of it and then you mortar on top of that so you're not doing the concrete. We did this on a, a patio option where we couldn't dig out to pour concrete to lay it to put it on there. 
um, and we couldn't, we had to really watch the elevation change. So we just packed everything down real well and did it that way. Another option on loose, if you're not trying to mortar in between it, if you're just doing some loose flagstone with the gravel in between it, those spots, I did one yesterday. It was a walkway on the side of a house that had some drainage issues. We weren't going to be able to pour concrete because it was a, it was a wall and a fence. And so the option was to do a paver walkway with gravel in between it like that. If you're doing a larger space with it, it's probably more of a budget consideration to do it loose like that. If you like the more natural look, when you bind everything together with mortar, it does kind of formalize it. So if you want more of a looser natural look, or if you can't get concrete in there, you can't get a mortar mixer in there to really kind of bind everything together. The other alternative is to do it just loose with the pavers and the rock. A lot of people... Also, I'm not trying to be negative, Nancy, but a lot of people love the dwarf Mondo in between pavers. You see that a lot, and it looks great for the first week that you do it. But if you don't have consistent moisture on that, you'll lose one or two or three. And so you've got this nice green border in between your pavers, and then you've got brown clumps that haven't been watered. So it's it's kind of a hard maintenance thing to make that look work. Although it's beautiful, you just need to make sure that you've got irrigation that can keep that Mondo alive because it's going to require a little bit more water than I think a lot of people anticipate on that. What about pea gravel? Like when, when does one use something like mm. a pea gravel? It always looks mm. so good, but I can't. Oh, it looks so good. It looks good. great in pictures, but it looks horrible I can't in real clean life, out I think. my pine straw out of it. I would yeah. murder myself. Fall mm-hmm. comes around, and then um, you try to blow your backyard, and you just blow pea gravel everywhere. You have to, um, right, and if you wear any shoe that has a tread on it, you're taking that pea gravel with you <laughs> anywhere you move, and you're taking it inside, and then you're Fantastic. walking across barefoot on your rug, and you're hitting pea gravel, and it's because I've got one little path that I made a connection with in my backyard that's pea gravel. And I hit one of those rocks with a bare foot the other night and about died. So <laughs> it's worse than Legos. Like a Lego. Oh, because it is it's beautiful. But if, if you don't, it's like a Lego. It's like a Lego. I don't have mm-hmm. kids. So I don't have Legos. So this was my equivalent of hitting a Lego in the middle of the night. If you can contain pea gravel and if you are not driving a car on top of it are kind of my rules of using mm-hmm. pea gravel. If not, if you if you're looking for a parking space, I go up and scale and suggest what I call kind of a river rock, which is just a larger version of pea gravel that's not gonna run. What if you live like in California where you don't have like a deciduous tree or something that is there are there parts of the country where it's easier? I don't know. I get annoyed because when you get little things that fall from the sky into your pea gravel, it uses that like uniform look to it. But maybe if mm-hmm. you are in a place that doesn't have that, it's fine. Yeah, and so if you don't, if you're not under a bunch of deciduous trees, or you know it's going to be low maintenance, or it's a very exposed area, I've maybe used rock as a mulch one time in my entire professional career because we had to go back and replant a plant on top of mulch. And that is also incredibly heavy and incredibly dirty and very unforgiving of dirt and holes and leaves and debris and things. Yeah. If you've got a place where 
something's not going to get on top of it and you know you don't have another option and that's a very readily available one and you've got a way to contain it either through metal edging or a brick border or something like that it's a it's a great option or if you just like going out there and picking picking leaves out of your pea gravel if you don't have anything else to do it's fine that's a great if you're retired that's a great activity who doesn't want to do that all day? I mean, I, I mean, mean, it's like all I want to do when I get home from work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, I will say when you pass a house with it, you're like, oh, gorgeous. Mm. Oh, and it's Pinterest. Just, it yeah. is. It is. You're going to love it for the first day it's down. And then you're going to be like, mm, I don't know. Now, again, and speaking of, of innovative things, there are ways that you can treat pea gravel to make it stick together and not spread mm. i don't I, we've used that on a trail one time i don't think it worked very well but we were kind of playing <laughs> with some pea gravel technology cool. <laughs> so it's an option i mean you are teaching all sorts of things around here well okay, let's get into pools then i mean all kinds of tips and tricks oh pools yeah we had done pools yet taryn you kick us off well what, do you want to we... do that or retaining walls because we didn't is, oh. is there anything Let's of value? Because I don't, and well, we can get to you're we can get to retaining that, walls you? if we you get to it. retaining walls. Wow, I know how you feel now about retaining walls. They don't seem as glamorous as pools, so you're right. They're not. They're kind of a means to an end of a retaining wall. So. <laughs> it's how you create your pool by building mm-hmm. the retaining yeah. wall. Exactly right. All right. So, what do we consider before even? Okay, sorry. We have the space for a pool. What are we right. considering now? We're meeting with you and saying we're putting in a pool. Let's go. What we is want the a pool. Like? And I'm going to say, what are you going to Same thing with the patio. What are you going to do in that pool? Are we swimming laps? Do we need a deep end? Do we have kids involved? Are we putting a diving board in? Are we putting, you know, a water feature in? You know, are you going to lay in the pool? Are you going to swim in the pool? Those mm. are kind of the questions that we kick off with because that kind of helps us determine the size of the pool because you've got to have at least if you're having a true deep end and a true shallow end and not one of those weird pools where you get in and you take two steps and you into the deep end you've got to have a minimum of 36 feet so we kind of know that we've got to have certain dimensions that we have to hit oh that's very helpful I know mine was too small. They were like, yep. you can't have like a real, a real deep end. Cause of, yeah, you'll, you'll start walking into the pool and immediately go down, yeah. like a slut. Right. Yeah. The, so. whole, the whole, um, yeah, your whole pool becomes the, the slope to get from mm-hmm. the shallow end to the deep end. And it just, you know, throws the whole thing out off, off kilter. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, we are assume- doing, um, sorry, oh, I was just going to say, I assume this is one of those applications in life when you're, when like you're in high school and you're like, when would I ever use algebra? And like, you're the person that uses algebra oh, to yeah. design right. a pool. And you're trying to, <laughs> yeah, right. That's where I always kind of lean on the contractor. I'm like, mm, so if I need it this big, can you, and they're like, we'll make it work. I'm like, okay. I don't want to get over the X over Y equals Z. And you know, <laughs> <laughs> all of that that we had to do. In ninth grade. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so what are people um, mostly doing? How about that? Because I do think you're right. There's very specific things people can yeah, do in so, pools. But 
a lot of pools that we've done recently are kid-friendly swimming pools. I don't know about y'all, but my mother put the fear of God in me. If you jump into, if you dive into any body of water, you're going to die immediately. She was, that was like our <laughs> biggest thing of like not. And so I make sure that you've got a true eight foot deep in. If you're going to have kids swimming, just you never know, you know, what's going to happen with that. So Make sure we have that. Make sure we're doing a lot with the what I call a swim shelf, which is the little mm. shelf cut out that's got about six inches of water in it. And that allows little kids to kind of play in it. They have a little kiddie pool that can also be a lounge area. You put chase lounges in and kind of sit in the pool and be in the water and everybody can kind of interact together that way and not have a separate piece for like little kiddos steps easy access we're not doing so much of like we aren't doing a lot of like diving boards and ladders right now we're doing more kind of cut out steps in the wall to kind of get out to just kind of maintain visually clean lines like that um what else have we done and people still doing shaped pools like is there a trend for like going back to like kidney shaped pools or no you are we going to drain our pools and and throw we're, skateboards in? And we um we're doing more rectangular, not so natural like on that. I've done one what I call kidney bean shaped pool, and it was kind of uncomfortable because I had never done one before. But it was in a more it was more of a lake house type finish where a real formal rectangular one wasn't going to work, and so. Most of ours are rectangular and there's as minimum hardscape around them as possible. So a lot of mine have grass that come up to an entire side of it because as a kid, you always needed to get a running jump to get into it. And so we make sure that you've got plenty of open grass space kind of around it to kind of activate and have the kids playing in it that way. I love that you're building that in, that you're building that into the design. Yeah, you have, to, you have to think about that kind of stuff. You can't put a flower bed right up next to like the runway into the swimming pool. <laughs> so, how close will you do uh, just a flower bed kind of to a pool? Because again, you don't want any of that in the pool. Oh wow! Right. Or so yeah. if we if we've got you know you've got four sides you've got four sides to a pool. One side is probably going to be your patio deck connection to the house. One side might have like an extension off to it for your chase lounges. One side might have a bed, like one of the more narrow sides. And then one side is going to be completely open. Most of the time, I'm not putting a bed right up next to the pool decking, unless it's like kind of tying a structure in with it to kind of soften a corner or something like that, or make up for space in between the the pool deck and the actual um the house or the structure that the pool's up against. Most pools that we're doing right now are saltwater. And so we're doing a lot of saltwater gunite pools. There's very little of the old school chlorine filtered. Most of them are saltwater. Saltwater and plants don't necessarily go hand in hand. Mm. So you have to be mindful of what plants you're putting near the pool because of splashing and water and back backwash and all of that. So 
you've got a higher salt content coming in that could affect plants. And so the safest bet is just to keep the plants in the pool kind of separate, but, but use them sparingly to kind of complement each other. Can you just give us a quick little rundown of the, the advantages of salt water versus chlorine and like when, why you would want one? So it's, you know, that's a really good question. And I don't know that I have full facts on that. That's just what the trend is. I know it's less maintenance. It's less chemicals. It's less having the pool man come out and check everything and all of the levels and regulations. And it just seems to be kind of a cleaner, more sustainable approach to a pool. And I was kind of apprehensive of it at first because I was like, oh my God, it's going to be like swimming in the ocean and you get out and you're all salty and it feels gross. And it's not like that at all. It's a very mild salt water that these pools are. But well, those are all the pools that we have done have been saltwater gunite. We haven't done any of the other ones. Now, we've added coolants to it. Um, you can circulate coolants through it. You can circulate, not like it's this little thing you put with your pump and it sends it and it cools the water off. So if you live in the Mississippi Delta, you can keep your pool much cooler in August. Um, so there's a bunch of different applications and stuff like that. But, you know, a lot of the filters are UV, less sand, you know, there's a whole dynamic to that. But overall, it's a lower maintenance option is what clients are finding with that. But I don't have actual facts and figures of why exactly it is that way. All right. That's cool. I just, I don't know. It's a good question. Really I, know I, should, I, should probably, I should probably do a little research, but that's just all that's ever been requested and all that we've worked with and the contractors have built since I've been doing it. Are there different materials you have to use in a saltwater pool versus a regular pool? No, or is it just once is you a, put water um, in it? It's just once you put water in it. The um, you know, there's liner pools out there that are the plastic liners. There's the gunite, which is a, a concrete sprayed into it. You know, and there's different finishes for that. We won't get into all of them, <laughs> but <laughs> the liner pools are a more budget friendly option. But you're gonna have to replace that liner within. 10 years or so of that the the gunite is a longer lasting going to be there forever material and then it kind of changes from that what about material in the pool and like the mm. actual like uh water tile it's not called a water tile wherever the water hits at the top of the, the pool top. they put like some tile <laughs> right what yeah. why why and like why are they all ugly go <laughs> You're right, because there's about three of those tiles that I will use. <laughs> Did you have yeah. trouble picking one out? <laughs> yeah, the selection was like, here's 50 different tiles. That's and horrible. literally three all were all I was even willing to use of the 50. Like oh, three yeah. were the, like oh, the yeah. rest were so oh, heinous. They're that, horrible. Yeah, yes. so I didn't understand if I was at the wrong place or I was like, I don't understand. Uh, oh, no, that. there's not. That's one thing yeah. that I was like, wow, somebody could really make some money coming up with some cool, like, Subtle. cool house to go around yep. it. Just, um, and, uh -huh. and Do you think that it's just like there's never been any female designing a pool tile and that's why they're so ugly? I, I would 100% think that, that you should come up with something that's, I mean, yes. all these like. Yeah, you can get like a dolphin shaped in your pool but you can't yes. get a plain simple color tile no joke so <laughs> i'm glad brantley is backing me up here okay so no, as that's you, so you can, can get, see you can get dolphins 
sea turtles, see? all of that. You can't get see? you can't get just a classic get... pool tile. Mm-hmm. I, I did a I did a pool. I did one, um, and we did brick coping around it, and we did the stained concrete. And then a few years ago, I had a client, and we did brick coping, and I was like, oh, picked out picked out the exact same unintentionally picked out the exact same tile for the same you know because that was the one that worked with brick and it worked with the color dunite that we did and it worked with the concrete and there are so few options i was like oh this looks great i was like huh this tile looks familiar and i went back and looked at my notes i was like oh we used this one three years ago on the pool well (laughs) that's because yeah you were you had that option or the sea turtle option, yeah. and that was the two right. options. And I, guess, so. I, I guess people just think it's going to get covered with water, and it's not going to matter, but, like, it does matter. It's the main thing that you see when you, like, when you mm-hmm. look out. And so, mm-hmm. it really, it's the one design component that really ties yeah. all of your hardscape material in with your pool, and it's just... I'm so glad you said that, because I was like, I just thought I was being, like, I feel better, picky. too. All right, okay, so we good. have to sign off and start our uh, pool towel business. But yes, it was we're a good start day. that conversation, right? Start, start taking notes. We're gonna put no marine, no marine animals is uh, one of the the protocols. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, why can you not use a regular like bath tile or something? Like, how is it different? Isn't a tile a tile? I actually don't know. It, it is, but that's a, that's another good question. Um, I, I wonder like if it has to do with like the glazing and if it's outdoor safe and it know. must be or it must have some kind of coating on it. I'm going to ask this question and get back to y'all, but there's got to be some kind of coating or some kind of finish to it that allows it to interact with pool chemicals pool water and water all, yeah. levels and you know all that kind of stuff. I didn't have the bandwidth to know. question it. Yeah, I was like brown, cool, I mean, check or gray. It's, it's tough and right, and then you've got. All the different sizes, which don't make it any better just because it's a different size. You can get like the little squares or the big squares or those, you know. Like, They're like, you can get this ugly blue but, big or teeny. And you're like, oh, well, great. I can have an ugly yeah, blue square. Right. Thank you so yeah, much. So I don't, I don't want, I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't want Ooh, variety. because they're smaller. Yeah. Thank you very much. Right. So, yeah, exactly. Anyways. So, yeah. Okay. Great. So, so we've if you don't do business it- today, we'll launch that next week. <laughs> Okay, so actually for pool lining, do you have a preference for what that is? Or like the pebble that's sheen? What, that's, what, that's what the gun, yeah, okay. the, the gunite on is, that. Is. There's several okay. different finishes. Yeah, that, that's your overall in that. And then they come in and they'll treat it with a different finish, you know. And if there's a pool contractor listening, they're going to be like, oh my gosh, she's not using any of the right terms. But there's different, and that's how you get, you know, you see pools that are, dark blue or dark gray and you see the pools that are light blue or aqua and that's how you get that color is the gunite coating that they kind of spray on on the bottom and you something else to think about is if you want a dark pool or if you like more of the lighter color pool and that's kind of one of the questions that goes into our overall aesthetic when we're talking to clients about it what about covers and what are people doing there covers are expensive (laughs) okay I don't know if you've learned this or not. Most of the time when we get through with a pool and we start talking about covers, clients are like, "Mm, I'm done. I don't really need a cover. (laughs) So most of them have left them open. I mean, we're in a very mild climate in Mississippi. So, you know, we can swim 
nine months out of the year. So a lot of times people don't cover them. They just leave them for the winter and just kind of keep it running. And so what about part of our design aesthetic is to make it something that you can look at year round and you can have a water feature that goes with it and that it becomes not just a pool, but it's a feature in your backyard that you can enjoy in different capacity. You know, that if you've got, if we do a trickle effect or a water feature coming into the pool that may, you know, maybe we have a little side patio and that's where you sit in the wintertime with a fire pit, you know, so that it's, it's not just closed off and that you've got access to it year round and you're able to utilize it as much as possible. What about a cover for safety? Like, so kids don't want it. So there's two ways to do that most of those involve fixing. <laughs> i was gonna say um, step one put the fear of god in you your child yeah, like my mother did you put the fear of fear of god still have it at step 37 that i was gonna fall into a pool but insurance is gonna require a fence to go around it and you need to check your insurance before you do a pool and make sure that you've got fencing as part of your budget because you're gonna have to have a fence and you're gonna have to have that it's a Brantley and it's a child lock gate, but you know, y'all have seen them and you pull it up and you have to pull it towards you, those type gates to really make sure that it's secure. We have fenced them off within the backyard. So a fence off backyard and then done it where you could do kind of a fence while the kids were young. And then when they were old enough, you could remove that fence, you know, so that it wasn't, um, wasn't a problem on that. But most pools that we've done, and I've had clients wait till children were old enough to know how to swim before we've even started it, said that that wasn't going to be something that they had to worry about. Well, does one do, can't like, are there covers that are like, do the same thing? Or do you have to do a fence? I mean. No, you can do a cover. It takes away her aesthetic. Yeah, a big old big green She's, pad thing. Yeah, okay, <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, it's just yeah. like a aesthetically it's not yeah, it, and the it, covers it, are only certain colors too so again but you're it, like but solid green back right either. solid red well again you gotta you have can, you have you have a you have a little more manipulation with the fence and making it kind of come and go than you do a big big cover on things now again a lot of times it's down to client preference on that and if, yeah. if they want to cover great we'll work one in if not like i said most of the time by the time we get to that point um which is already at the end of everybody's rope. You know, landscaping comes absolutely last of anybody's project. And they're like, Mm-mm, no, we're done. So, or we'll come back and we'll do that next year. We don't need a, we don't need a cover right now. And then they just enjoy kind of looking at it year round. Are there any accessories or things that people are really doing around pools that are, again, just something we all need and love? Built-in umbrellas. Ooh, fancy features. The swim shelf. Yeah, the swim shelf and then the ledge lounger chases we're doing a lot of, which are those white mm-hmm. chase lounges that you can I've set seen them in at the front pool. gate. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, y'all. I have a question that I need to ask the group. Uh-oh. Am I the only one that that does not seem like a great option? Like, so my butt is just going to be sitting in the water. <laughs> Do you mean the shelf <laughs> itself, or you mean the chase? The lounger. Okay. Like, why do I want I my mean, behind to be wet? I mean, it looks kind of cool, but yeah, I'm with you. I need 50% of my body in, right. in the shelf. Right. I either want to be fully submerged. You just don't like your butt wet. Got it. I, I like, is it just going to feel like a diaper? Right. I need to be standing. 
in the three feet of water and I'm going to have my cocktail on the side, not off to the uh, side that I have to lean down mm-hmm. and like pick up while my butt's getting wet. That makes total sense, mm-hmm. Carol. It's amazing. <laughs> Caroline just doesn't like a soggy butt. Yeah, <laughs> just, I mean, I don't know. I just always see those loungers in the pool and like in theory, it kind of looks cool. But then I think about it. And I'm like, I don't want to sit in that. You know, I don't know. I, I, just don't, I don't get it. <laughs> You had thought about it. At least the water's circulating, though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. At least it's not like the kiddie pool that you used to sit in when you were little and you're like, wow, I'm really sitting in something right now. This is overall (laughs) pool circulation, fresh water, hopefully. You know, a lot of people do. We're doing a lot with jets or little gurgle fountains or water walls or something, you know, so that you've got some water movement in there and you get that nice sound effect that goes with it, you Mm -hmm. know, which... I love a good sound effect. It's kind of the overall ambiance um, mm. of an outdoor space. So we'll do, we'll play with that a little bit. Those are our, you know, that's the main one. But those, I have yet to do a pool that didn't have some kind of swim shelf on it. That seems to be mm-hmm. all the rage right mm. now. Regardless if you put a ledge lounger in there and sit with your booty getting wet. So. Mm. I I definitely played with in a pool. Somebody had that and I was. I was like, uh need this shelf the kids just like literally just took their toys for hours on that shelf and i was like this is amazing mm-hmm. so we yeah i definitely yeah. recommend anyone building put one of those because mm-hmm. it seems amazing yep. yeah totally like the shelf idea for for children or just for like putting your feet in but i just don't get the, mm-hmm. the having the, the seat the whole chair halfway. Thing. yeah and listen if you look at, people like, are trying to sell things caroline don't ruin this for them <laughs> Well, and that's what, you know, the other thing you can, we've done this before, like as part of the steps and part of the lounge, you can do like an umbrella hole in the side of the pool or in the steps and you can screw your umbrella in because we know how complicated getting an umbrella to stand up are. You know, if you're in a volleyball area and you want to play water volleyball, we've done net holes in the side and you can screw the nets in you can do the basketball i mean there's tons of stuff that you can do again it boils down into what are you using your pool for and Mm -hmm. something else that i make sure that i drive home with clients is if we're doing a pool and we've got kids you're gonna have noodles and you're gonna have rafts and you're gonna have floaty things and you're gonna have shamu and you're gonna have the alligator and you're gonna have the mechanical (laughs) water inflated bull and you're gonna have all this like awesome part. You're gonna have all this awesome crap, but like <laughs> you need somewhere to put it if it's not in the pool because it it disrupts that whole aesthetic that I have worked as your landscape architect to create. And so when we're when we're laying out spaces, I make sure that we've got you know if we're doing a pool house or if we're doing a storage area, you've got a corner or you've got a spot that you can store chairs towels umbrellas floaties all of that kind of stuff like mm-hmm. there is stuff that comes with a pool regardless of how you do it and you've got to make sure that you can aesthetically slide that all that stuff and moving on yeah mm-hmm. yes you know instead of just out there floating which you know it's fine if everybody's over there but kind of like just cleaning up your house is you want somewhere for it to go but you want it easily accessible and so that needs to be in consideration of when you're laying out a pool is where you're gonna put the stuff The other thing we do with pool layouts is where's everybody going to go to the bathroom? Mm -hmm. Do we have Mm -hmm. to, we're doing a pool house or we're doing a bathroom. Do you want wet toes coming across your hardwood floors to go to your bathroom? How close is the bathroom in your house? And that 
can determine a lot of where your pool lands is based on pool access, kitchen access, beer access, where's the refrigerator, where's the, because toweling off and getting people in and out of a house is something that needs to have some consideration into it as well so that you can maintain some sense of sanity when you've got a ton of people out there with you. Yeah, because I feel like everyone is like, oh, I want to be the house where, like, all the neighbors want to come and, like, yeah. all the kids want to be, right. which, yeah, yeah but, hang you out. know, then you have all the junk and the wet towels and the wet bathing mm-hmm. suits and the things. And the, right, yeah. yeah. Kids in and, and out of your got... freezer getting the pops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, and the freezer getting closed and, like, where it's all. And that's something to think about, too, when you're doing your outdoor kitchen, if you're doing a kitchen and pool concept. Are we putting, you know, we putting our, we hadn't hit on outdoor kitchens but just quickly you need a refrigerator you need a grill or you think through what all you're going to do as part of entertaining and having everybody over there and where your kitchen is and all those components and how everything kind of interacts together on that makes sense all right taryn you've got to have some more questions because you just did your own pool oh yeah tell us about your pool did you do a shelf in your pool wouldn't you guys love if I was like so guess what it's themed turtles kidney bean shaped like all, all pea gravel all the way up to the edge mm-hmm. with maybe some, you have the shade lounges in the water mm-hmm. I have a nice cutting garden right off of at the kidney bean too where right. you have to tread water because one end of the kidney beans two feet and the next is ten feet so you're at an angle the whole time <laughs> really almost did a spit take yeah, <laughs> and the toilet is actually next door, so it's like, right. <laughs> yep. Uh, so it is a rect. Mine's just a rectangle. Mine's a small one, and it is not super deep. So mm-hmm. we are, and I don't want people over because <laughs> I don't want noodles and wet feet. We are doing right. I, again. Our, mine is not done yet because our. Uh, our house is almost finished, but the uh, poor people want our uh, driveway poured first before they come in and then put the stone gotcha. at a certain level so it's the right level as the driveway. You're probably shaking mm-hmm. your head yes. If it's not, tell me now. That's great. Have, right? no, I'm agreeing 100% with that. <laughs> okay. that is, I mean, the fact that they've thought through that is brilliant. You're in a, you're in a good, okay. you're on a good path. Uh, yeah. yeah, and the guy doing the – the pool is doing the is doing a blue stone around it. We have a white siding okay. house. We're doing Great. again around the Good. rectangle, one side a little bit deeper for a few chaises. Mm-hmm. We don't have yep. a running pe- uh, to like run into the pool, but again, it's not deep enough mm-hmm. to, so we don't need to give any right. kind of like area. True. Yep, don't need to do a runway. We do have a cover. We have the retractable one. It is mm-hmm. a godly amount of money, but. Mm-hmm. I'm paying it because I got two small kids. Right. So right. my my uh, mental and uh, actually our pool is not right off of our living room. We did put it to the left because I knew I didn't want to okay. look out at a pool. So that was just a okay. Perfect. total preference. You nailed it. Uh, Brantley, I'll be calling you with my mistakes soon. You'll be like, well, how do we connect these two pieces of driveway? And I'll be like, I don't know. Pea gravel. Right. Right. We're going to pea gravel the whole thing. Uh, Yeah. So far, you didn't say anything that I was like, cool, big red flag. But we'll see. We'll see how it works out. Okay, good. When it all shakes out, I'll let you know. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, perfect. No, that's what the the driveway connecting to the elevation of that pool decking. That's smart. That's that's great. You're in, you're in. It makes me feel real better. So that's that they're thinking through that. 
They haven't done it yet, though, so we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. The thought is there. The thought is there. So, good. <laughs> yeah, the thought's there. We'll see if the application's there. Right. <laughs> I, I feel pretty, I think we covered a lot. We did. Uh, we did. I mean, I feel like it's a, just a lot more complicated once you get into hardscaping. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's, yeah, that's why Brantley exists. Yeah, it exactly. Is. That's why we need you. It is. And it gets, it's, 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 it's overwhelming. But again, you just kind of have to start with your questions of, you know, why and where and what. You just start with your questions and kind of come up with that. Mm. And then that dictates so much of where you're going with everything. So you just kind of back yeah. into it that way, just asking the right questions. So. Okay, I have one more thing I thought of. Okay, what about these crazy pools that are like treadmills, but like you swim against a current? Tell me about those. Uh, those sound fancy. Oh, I've never done one of those. It does oh. sound fancy. Yeah, I just wanted to sit in a pool and drink. Well, it's for like if so, my husband is all what really likes this because he likes to swim laps, but of course, you know you have to have a really big pool to be able to swim laps, which. So um, it's like the current, yes, yes, the thing where you swim against the current, and so you can mm-hmm. swim laps without needing like a really to go anywhere. Describe. I don't know yeah. what the technical term is. It's like an exercise. I don't pool either. I thing. haven't. I haven't. Yeah, I haven't done one before. But any pool company, if that's something, again, what are you using the pool for? If it's laps mm-hmm. and you don't have a ton of space and you want to add that as a component, that's you know that should absolutely go into consideration. You know, I wouldn't put it into a a big kid pool, you know, but that's like, again, why are you putting the pool in? Are we entertaining the neighborhood? Are we working out? Are we hosting water aerobics? What's the end goal? And that's something, but I've yet to, I've yet to, to meddle with those. That's exciting. I'll have to look into that. Okay. I think the answer to that question is me just saying, why don't you get yourself a YMCA membership? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right. It's going to cost him a lot, lot less. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you actually have a good Y in your neighborhood, Caroline. I know. Yeah. We have a great Y. <laughs> and it's like 100 yards from our house. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm just, no, I mean, he, it's just an interesting concept. I feel like you sometimes see it like it on is. movies too. Like, mm-hmm. or anyway, I just. Well, and the, the other thing I've yet to do because we're in a very flat area is, and then I'm dying for somebody to want to do an infinity edge pool. Like, you Ooh, see, like yes. all the pools you see in movies are these like exquisite infinity edge. And I work in a very flat region that we don't have. Any, we don't have any <laughs> you clear. keep waiting. So you, it's going to happen for like, you. Hold my breath. Right. That is like bucket career bucket list is designing right. an infinity pool. So if anybody's listening and has a cliff in their backyard, let me know. <laughs> What about a rooftop? Balcony? That gets heavy, putting pools on a roof. (laughs) (laughs) But that's that's very much an option on that. (laughs) Okay, I have have one more question, and you might have covered this in the first episode, but I know this is going to be hard to answer just based on everything, but... You even mentioned it that, again, people come to landscaping, hardscaping all at the end of the journey. And it's right. it's financially, it still is. So what can you just give us the range of like what it like what's bottom and what's top or like or even a middle, middle number? Because like, I think people want to know. Yeah. How much is it budget? when you're coming if in? You're, yeah. If you're if you're building a new house, like totally new and you want to install landscaping, you need to have at least $30,000 in your budget. 
to cover that. That's not hardscaping. That's softscaping. Now, okay. hardscaping, you're probably looking at 30 to 50. And that's comfortable numbers, not putting a swimming pool in, you know, pools are going to, pools are going to jump that. But, you know, we, I quit, I quit doing a lot of new development for developers and design because they'd be like, oh, we've saved out $7,000 and we need all new plants, side, irrigation, bedding, all of that. And that was going to maybe cover the front yard side. So if you, if you're budgeting and if you've talked to an architect, you need to talk to a landscape architect because these numbers can be determined before you go to the bank or before you figure out your financing of a house. So there's no surprises at the end and you don't end up building an exquisite house and you have half of a driveway and no patio and you know (laughs) you you built it off the ground and you have no steps to go to no patio you know so right (laughs) um if you're building a house or you're remodeling a house you know if you're having conversations with an architect I would recommend talking to a landscape architect because you know the best work is done and I think the best projects that have a great tangible result and a good budget and it's an ease of process are ones where I'm working with an architect with the client and we're all three kind of talking about where the porch is going to be and the finished floor elevations and the steps that are going to come down. And if the steps come down here, don't we need a little side patio and don't we need a landing to come off of here? And you get a much more thought out it eases the process immensely if you if you brought on professionals at the beginning versus the end and you've let your contractor and you're like, oh, I gotta, you know, we need to use up another three yards of concrete. I'm just gonna pour a sidewalk right here. And you're like, that's not what my landscape architect and I talked about. So mm-hmm. I would I would highly recommend that. But yeah, yeah thirty thirty thousand I appreciate it. No, I think that people need to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, yeah. And that can vary on the region and that might be high in some places and that might be low in some mm-hmm. places, but it, it's rare that you're going to get a comprehensive landscape for under 30. Okay. What about if you're not building a new house, but you just want to like re-landscape your yard? I mean, again, I know you can't, it's going to vary by location and what well, you're doing, but sure. And that depends on, is it a blank slate? Are you ripping anything out? You know, mm-hmm. a lot of cost on rehabbing a landscape comes from demo, which is shocking. There's a lot of labor that comes in demo because you have to pull everything out. You have to load it in a trailer. You have to haul the trailer off. You have to take it to a landfill or a dump yard or however your municipality requires that. Most landscape rehabs that we have done recently have not fallen under $20,000. And that's just old homes that we've gone in and we've, we've subtracted mm-hmm. a lot that was there and put back. And so, again, you're not going to be as high as new construction because you're probably not having to sod the whole yard. You're probably not having to irrigate it. You're probably, you know, which I think we talked about last time that irrigation is, I think, is an optional thing. But if it's already there, if you're just doing your front yard, if you're just rehabbing it, updating your beds out there, you know, eight to ten thousand dollars on that, and then whatever the backyard would be would be, if you held a gun to my head and made me tell you how much it was going to cost. Okay. Well, at least just gives people an idea. I mean, to budget with. All right. Well, I think that's 
Yeah. I think that's about it. That was a lot. So thank you. That's a lot to digest. <laughs> Somebody's going to turn this whole thing off once I went into like Rain Man, <laughs> different approaches to concrete. So well, maybe y'all can edit some of that out. <laughs> We could have talked about concrete the whole time. <laughs> I never knew. I feel like everyone probably listening to it was. They were probably like, what are we still right. talking about with concrete? Yeah, right. Well, we're talking about concrete. We're just yeah. saying there's a lot of options and don't just don't just settle. Don't settle on like, concrete. Out there, there's a lot of different options of create, creatively addressing concrete in your landscape. I had so. no clue. Yeah. I mean, you taught me the something. More you know. Yeah, I'm sure there's so much with like, you know, because I don't know about y'all, but I'm sure we had a a driveway apron that clearly was not poured properly and it was just like in a zillion pieces. So it's also, you don't want it done poorly, but then also, well, you're also, I don't know, married to someone who knows a bunch about that. So I'm sure he's like, ick. And you like, you know more than the average person. You and Brantley. Probably know everything. Well, yeah, you guys know. together. No, no. I just right. hear a lot of like yeah. my Will is very, very critical of retaining walls. He feels very mm-hmm. passionately about like, okay. It's like the door right. of horrible retaining walls in Atlanta. I always get in your full. I feel I feel very passionate about the wrong plant material being used. Mm. So we Will and I should just ride around Atlanta <laughs> one day and we, we can talk about retaining walls and poor use of plants. <laughs> I'm going, I'm going to go on the back seat of this just so I can learn. Well, y'all, fun? Yes. Right. You'd be like, yes. ew. And I'd be like, note to self. So. Oh my gosh. Hate. That, is, that is like my favorite thing to do is ride around and like oh gosh. look at houses and figure out mm-hmm. what's wrong and what's right and what I would do differently. Totally. Totally. Sign so me fun. up. I'm in this car ride. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Good deal. I'll be over there next week. So let me know Perfect. if I want to go. Oh, nice. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready for it. Yeah. I'll bring the car snacks. Right. Good. Perfect. I love it. Caroline's got the music. All right. Okay, good. And good. We'll go find one of those pools that has that current wave thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And not one of those loungers for Caroline's soggy butt. Am I the only one that thinks that? I just see I these about chairs and I'm like, I don't want to sit in that. Why do I well, only want my butt to be wet? Your butt is the only, your butt right. and like your toes and are the only thing in the water. It's not that that's full. So now khaki is a sexy color and all the time I'm going to look at a thing and just think of a wet butt <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> soggy I'm, bottom i'm taking away from our conversation today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, solid but, podcast <laughs> yeah, it's good. yeah entertaining for us yes. at least yeah. <laughs> so. okay can you tell everyone where to find you follow you all of that oh yeah i've got brantley snipes landscape design it's well, that's my website and then i'm on instagram at Brantley Snipes Landscape Design. And then you can also follow along. I have a brick and mortar retail store that's part of my office. And that's at Osmansis Market on Instagram. So any of those you can find, follow, like, DM for questions, send pictures. You know, I love to have questions and kind of see what people are dealing with and kind of help creative problem solve. So Happy to do that. Happy to do consults. I do travel throughout the Southeast. So whatever I can catch you in your neck of the woods, that'd be great. And that's our show. You can find all of the show notes on our blog, howtodecorate.com slash podcast. To send in a decorating dilemma, email your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net so we can help you with your space. And of course, be sure to follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. And please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Until next time, happy Happy decorating. decorating!